Welcome back to another edition of Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. Today is Talk Back Friday, where we use your questions and comments that you send us through parentingtoday.org. That's the website, parentingtoday.org. And you also hear my questions, sometimes silly, sometimes very technical. But really, this week we've been talking about performance-enhancing parenting. Are we enhancing the performance? Are we outperforming our children? How are we raising the next generation to love God and be excellent adults? But uh, usually we're doing that by filling up their calendars and their times and hours with just so much stuff to do. And they have so much stuff to do. If there I was can. a little anger in that. was so There's much just, stuff man, to do. I mean, I got four stepkids, but they come home with so much homework. And it is it is soccer season right now, so it's really busy. And and they just I, there's just not enough time in the evening for them to have downtime and do their homework and go to soccer practice. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to very soon when it's all over. Yeah, it is an issue of priorities, isn't it? Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. I don't have time to do some things until all of a sudden something happens and my life falls apart and then I have time to do things. It is an issue of, of priorities, and we have been duped, in my opinion, in the American parenting fraternity sorority into outsourcing our parenting. We've been duped into thinking, I really don't have the right things for this child, but there are coaches that do. Home is not the right place. And so we've been duped into being grateful we have cars and mobile phones so we can drop them off and text to coordinate the pickups. And, and we're sending a mindless group out the door who really doesn't know how to make decisions and really anybody can get elected in this culture if they promise enough stuff take care of me rather than thinking this doesn't make sense somebody's going to have to pay for this one day we need to raise a generation that's going to take it back and we need to think as parents what should we do and then we need to decide to do it now we were talking earlier this week about having a parenting curriculum I don't like the you, word you I, know yeah your, your, your face got funny I even mean, with the word curriculum it sounds like too much too academic how I'm does this fit school, I'm in school too so I have to deal with curriculum and help teach a class and my kids have but I just to think about parenting as a curriculum I, it just doesn't go so I would rather call it a parenting plan I like it so I'll have the goal is having a responsible, godly adult that's going to leave home, love God, and uh, just do the best that they can to his glory. Yeah. But then how to get that yeah, child well that, there. That's the question, though. And you, and you gave the goal. You gave the goal. A child that leaves home who has a relationship with God so that he can connect with the one who knows the plans he has for my child. If God wove my child together in my wife's womb, it says in the Bible, and he says, intricately made... And then he said he watched the process, which means he looked over the process, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and I know the plans I have for you. And then he says, if I'm for you, who can possibly be against you? Then I want to connect that child to that real father. I'm just the dad. And then I also want to give that child tools to be able to stay connected and not fall off the radar with that child. Joshua, don't veer to the right or to the left. And so there are some things I'm responsible to do. If there weren't some things I was responsible to do, God would have our children be pop up out of turnips and be on their own instantly and just walk out there. Even with mother ducks and mother, there's some survival things. For us, it's more than survival. We've got to place in, our, in the life of our children some things, some disciplines, some thinking ability, some connections where they reach the plan. How sad to get to heaven and hear from our Father. Welcome home. I died on the cross for you. You acknowledge that. You just never connected me. You made me, you know, we connect these words, Lord and Savior. 
You made me your savior. You never made me the Lord of your day, mm. the Lord of your life. What does that mean? Well, the, the fact that if he's the Lord of my life, then I need to respond and I need to submit to the Lord of my life. And there's a great freedom in that. That's not an oppression. You know, ah, oh, submit and, and surrender to God. That sounds so oppressive. No, I got to tell you, there's a freedom in that. I am no longer the Messiah of me. I no longer have to live with the adage, if it's to be, it's up to me. I just need to try harder and harder and harder and harder. Oh, I need to try hard and I need to work hard. But I have the freedom of knowing I will not be weary. I will come to him all that are weary and I will be yoked up. He says, take my yoke, not the yoke of the world, my yoke. I'll be yoked up with God knowing, you know, I can't see where we're going, Lord, but here's the cool thing. You're seeing from 50,000 feet, you know. Mm. And so I'm plugging along on this road with you. I want that child to get there. I want that child to be there. I had a great, uh, Manny Garcia is the editor of the Miami Herald. He's a godly man. He's a great friend and he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. And he was walking the Sheridan House campus. He said, how long ago did you get here? Were you the founder of Sheridan House? I said, no, I'm not. Sheridan House was going under. That's how I got the job. Nobody wanted it. It was one little house in Hollywood, Florida, basically, and it was going under. And the uh, church that started it, Sheridan Hills Baptist Church, let me be the director. Uh, I only had two employees in one house, and they I think they kind of didn't think it was going to make it. Save it if you can. I got to be there, and he said, how did you know it would come to this with multiple campuses and all big counseling center and a single mom center that dealt with thousands last year? And I said, I didn't. I wish I could tell you I had the great master plan. I wish I could tell you I went up on a mountain and saw a vision off in the future and knew where it was going. I just knew God had a plan for this. And I knew to keep plugging away. And he said, did you ever feel like leaving? And I said, annually. Every mm-hmm. mail I would get so exhausted. And um, the beauty is, if it was an offer that would come to me to leave, it would be in the fall when I was jacked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was tired and wanted to go almost annually, no, uh, one, was no one wanted me. Yeah, no. So I had to stay. And then I realized, no, I get to stay. And watch what God's doing. And I had a great, I have a great wife who prayed me through those times and the ongoing of, wow, Lord, could we see your hand in this? And then when I would miss his hand, she would show it. I want that for my kids. I want my kids to have a relationship past their dad. I'm just their dad. He's their father. And I want to spend time even on the soccer field with my child. I I loved soccer. We didn't do multiples of soccer. We did one sport a year because we had other things to do. But I even on the soccer field, when the coach was a pagan and he had a foul mouth and I would go download at McDonald's with Roby and eat a French fry and say, what did you think about what coach said? Why does he talk like that, Daddy? Well, number one, we need to expect that. He's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And number two, we don't know what he's dealing with in his life. And number three, that may be just the way he grew up. I happen to know he's dealing with something in his life that's bad in his marriage, Rob. Because uh, he walked over and talked to me when he found out I was a counselor. But, but aside from that, I, we, we have to pray for coach. We have to pray for coach. Mm-hmm. And when somebody came to me and said, I'm quitting the team and you ought to too. And I said, why? And I said, well, you know, Bob, you're a Christian. We're a Christian. I can't take this coach anymore. And I said, you know, I'm staying in because of that. And I am talking to the coach. And maybe that's why I'm here. I don't know. Maybe nothing will happen. But I'm helping my son process that because he'll go out the door and have to deal with this. Yeah. But, you know, you got to do Everybody's different. you got to do what you got to do. And, and I, I don't need to debate that with you. I'm just telling you why I'm staying. There's an opportunity for training here. I can't raise my child in a bubble, but I have to raise my child prepared for God to use them. I don't know what that is. He knows the plans he has. And so, yes, you don't like the word curriculum, and neither, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, neither did Rosemary. Let's not call it that. 
So we picked goals and then we planned to hit those goals. It was important. Is there an actual curriculum out there that you have shared in House Family Ministries where it says, okay, this is appropriate for this age, this is appropriate? we do have a curriculum and it's called Parenting on Purpose 101 and Parenting on Purpose 201 because somebody asked one day, okay, I appreciate this, Bob, but can you just give me the step-by-step? And I've written 11 books. It's in there, but I don't think people are readers anymore. And so the books are there and the books, all the proceeds go to Sheridan House and Sheridan House has received a little over a million point three on this curriculum and these books. And and, and it's awesome. I'm able to give that gift. I'm blown away by the goodness of God. Um, But the Parenting on Purpose 101 is, okay, how you put the plan in place for discipline. And it's an eight week DVD. You have curriculum. Curriculum. (laughs) Yes. That you have to look at me. I'm sorry. In the curriculum. And, uh, Then Parenting on Purpose 201 is now that you've got the discipline down, here are the disciplines you need to teach with the axle on this parent training wheel, we call it, being a faith in Jesus Christ. It's just important to decide this is worth doing. Now, let me tell you why we have to do it. Because Mm -hmm. some people say, my great-grandparents didn't do this. Here's why they did, and it was built in. And when it was built in on the farm for thousands of years, uh, you knew that you were giving your children the farm, and so you raised them in that direction. Also, the farm lent itself towards faith. Also, your children were with you, and they learned responsibility. And no child got up who knew it was his job to go out in the barn and collect the eggs, or I don't even know what you do in a barn, but go out there and collect (laughs) the eggs. No one said, I don't feel like doing it. My stomach hurts. (laughs) They went out there and did it because they had to do it. Somebody had to milk the cow. Somebody had to collect the eggs. They didn't come back in with the whatever of milk or the bunches of eggs and say, I did it. How much do I get? You get to live here. You get to eat here. You get to sleep here. That's what you get. (laughs) And so the training was built into the system. And you prayed for no more locusts or no more storms or no more this or the cow that was sick or whatever. The faith was built in, but now we're so busy, there's no be still and know that I'm God. And there's no long-term waiting for the harvest to come. And everything's so so predicted that sometimes we say, why do we need God? I know what I'm going to make tomorrow. I know what. I have security in my job. And there's no delayed gratification. I can order it now, charge it now, have it now, rather than wait for the harvest to come later. Mm. Uh, We've got to raise long-term leaders and decision makers rather than short-term followers. And I'll have that. I know I shouldn't eat that, but I'm going to order that because even though I'm on a diet, I'll have We can't even diet. And so we've got to raise people with the discipline uh, where they can lead themselves, then they can lead others because they're led by God. So there is a freedom to saying, I yield to you, Lord, because I know you know better than me. I want to connect my child to that. Now, you have the curriculum available, shfm.org. That's where it is, shfm.org. And that's a help. You can put, you know, obviously develop your own plan or curriculum, mm-hmm. however you want to call it. But what happens if you have later teens? 16, 17-year-old, and now you think, man, I just really messed up. Look where this teen is going in their life. What do I do? Lord, help me. I have to decide no excuses. Okay, I've discovered this late in life. Praise God, I've discovered it, rather than discovered it when my child's out the door in 20 and decide, okay, son, I know this is going to bug you. First, I'm going to start with an apology. I am sorry for some things we didn't do that we are going to do from now on. One of the things we're going to do from now on is we are going to get to the breakfast table a little early. Oh, yeah, we are going to do What are you talking about? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, except for my 17-year-old because it's too late now, Joshua said. No, he didn't. I know because I work in residential care, it's never too late. And we get middle school age kids that never had anything. I know because I'm twice your age. When I graduated from high school, Ruthie, there was a plan. If you were irresponsible and didn't have a plan, Uncle Sam had a plan. It was awesome. And he let you take a course down at Quantico 
that was a 10-week course on, at Quantico or Paris Island or wherever, and you learned how to get up at 4.40 in the morning and do the things you needed to do. And if you didn't do well at the course during the first 10 weeks, you could take the whole 10 weeks over again. It was not a problem. And all of a sudden, you got responsible. It's never too late. There's an intensity there. There's a responsibility there. And isn't it amazing if you've got a 16, 17-year-old that God permitted you to know this now? It's for a purpose, not for an excuse. It's too late, Lord. It is never too late. And if you start now, then watch what God does later on, honoring your efforts when they get to college and all of a sudden they're involved in some campus ministry and it all connects. Mm -hmm. Don't ever say it's too late. I would rather say I tried than I didn't try, failed. I chose to fail, choose to try. And let me say this, nothing we do is going to have an answer. What we do is what God's going to use. I'm a seed planter. God's the plant grower. And so we just got to choose to do it. Pick one thing, help them handle money and teach them to love God and connect those two things together and bring them in the latter years of life into your son. I don't know whether you know or not, but this is what we give. I've become a Christian late. And here's an interesting thing. As I've started to tithe, God's actually taking care of our finances somehow. Mm. And I don't want you to miss that. There's got to be a burden and a passion. And just because they say, you know what, I don't want to do this. They said that when you took them in for the booster shot and you did it anyway. Uh, we do what's the right to do, and this is more important than a booster shot. This is everything. This is their heart, not just their health. And so introducing them to God and letting them see me up early in the morning studying. We, in a culture in America today, have become human doings. We, in a culture of parents, have decided that what we're going to do is be my child's performance, personal performance enhancement drug. Drop them off, drop them off, drop and we've raised human doings, not human thinkings, who have no connection to God if we're not careful, even though we take them to church. We've got to back up, decide what to do, look at our calendar, and decide what needs to go. And you know, it's good things that go. It's, it's, it is unfortunate. It's good things to go. But it's the best things that we have to decide we're going to do, regardless of how late it is. It doesn't matter for the sake of Christ and his children that he has loaned to us. Amen. You've been listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. As you heard us talk about today, there are a lot of resources available through Sheridan House Family Ministries, and all proceeds go to help the ministry. You can find them online at shfm.org and connect to the ministry that way as well. That's shfm.org. And if you want to hear this broadcast again, share it with a friend. Uh, Even sign up for the daily parenting blog, which takes these topics and fleshes them out a little little bit more, you can go to parentingtoday.org. We'd love to hear your questions and comments as well. If we use one of your questions or comments, we'll send you one of the resources. Uh, So just a little incentive there to hear from you. And that's through the website parentingtoday.org. That's parentingtoday.org. And we hope you'll join us again next week for another week of conversation about parenting right here on Parenting Today. 